Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A. You all ask the questions and we answer. I'm here with my fearless co-pilot, physical therapist extraordinaire and lit teacher, Kristen Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, Laura. Well, why don't you start off? I think you have some questions that you've gotten. Yeah. So Julie Miller, our friend Julie, she uh, emailed us both and attached some pictures of her husband for us to look at. And so he paddles and kayaks K1 Olympic style craft with a group of men five days a week, and they are they all look the same. So her question was: in the first pic, he felt when he was standing for this photo that his posture was good, and obviously it's not. And then in the second picture, he was really straining to stand upright. He says, because all of the musculature in his back, it's really hard for him to try to maintain an optimal posture. This really goes well with our posture talk. I'm sure their work regular life has a lot to do with their posture. I know my my husband's does. However, they build a lot of bulk muscle from their sport. Any tips to help them? So when we look at this guy in his picture, in the first picture where he's standing normally, he has his scapula are probably a solid four inches or more from the spine. The rounded shoulder, he's got big pecs, he's got big deltoids, big biceps. He's fit and and he is upright, but then when he comes back into what we would consider more of a neutral, where he slides into some a little bit of scapular retraction, it looks like it's an effort. And you know, I think that this is not unique to kayakers. This is common to weightlifters, common to desk jockeys, you know, people who sit a lot. But particularly muscly men, I say, you know, men build muscle and we really have to think about how a muscular body can affect the skeletal system, you know? And so for this guy, I'm looking at the pictures, Laura, I don't know if you have in front of you, but where it is, he's heavily muscled. And I've seen this in my own husband where, and we see this in the clinic and that's the clinic, but the studio, when we have these bigger men the muscle 
starts to almost tie down the, the joints. There's not enough, even bringing the arm across the body, the bulk of the musculature is going to limit how far the, the humerus can horizontally adduct. So, you know, for people who do repetitive activities, so to her point, he's doing this kayaking and then it sounds like he's sitting. He's promoting his body is, is constantly in that rounded position. And to be honest, he doesn't look terrible. You wouldn't look at him and be like, oh my God, look at that guy's posture. It's more like the discerning eye might say, okay, you know, he probably, if he lies on his back over a block, he cannot open his chest and get his arms down. They, you lose some internal rotation, uh, excuse me, external rotation capability just because of soft tissue tightness. So what are the things we would recommend? Really for him, it's the no different than anybody else. It would be opening the chest, opening the thoracic spine, getting the you know ears back over the shoulders. For someone who is an athlete, he it probably benefits him to have that muscle tone, that tension to produce more force in the way he needs to produce it. So you really have to, when we're dealing with athletes, we have to weigh the needs of the sport against the needs of the body in a long term. What do you have to add to that, Laura? I would say similarly, and I'm thinking of Tim, would be an example of a really strong athlete pre-practicing lit and probably even better now in terms of balanced and sustainability because you don't have to lose that muscle mass, but underneath, so that's the superficial muscles that have been working, it sounds like. And maybe with Julie's husband, maybe not, but underlying those, those postural stabilizers need to be strong. So, you know, I would say that keeping the posture, those po- making balancing it out with some smaller, in addition to the stretching, smaller stabilizing movements to recruit the deeper muscles. Because remember when Tim first came in, like he would do the abdominals and you could see it was all rectus. You know, I don't know yeah. if you remember that. It was just like poosh, oh, yeah. poofing out. And, you know, over time, he's, like that's like he's got it. So now he's got the full, you know, he's got the full Monty, what everybody wants. He's strong on the outside and on the inside. So I think that's what really makes the biggest difference is, you know, stretching out the more restricted areas like the chest, perhaps the lats. I'm sure his lats are probably uh, probably been been used a lot. Again, that's great. But are the underlying muscles, the underlying stabilizers helping as much? So this would be my only add-on to that. All right, next question we've got. All right, so let's do this one other one that came to me by Katie Potts Schulte, Cupcakes. I love that name. Um, <laughs> I have my 200-hour RYT in 2000, or she got it in 2013 and have been teaching group classes and done some continued education, anatomy, et cetera, since then. Since starting Lit a year ago, I am hungry to bring wellness through yoga to more folks. What are your thoughts on following a lit training track versus pursuing a yoga therapy certification through IAYT? Does the IAYT or IYAT certification hold any more value career potential versus lit? I thought this would be a great question for you to answer. That's a great question. So I don't know much about it. I've never actually looked into it. I 
I, I think it's twofold. I have had people that have gone through that and universally, and I'm not just saying this because it's our training, but universally, what everyone comments is that this is, this is so comprehensive. And it's such a comprehensive training that really instills confidence. So I think credentials are great, but it ain't going to do much if you're not as confident. And I think what we produce are really confident people who can speak to many different people that come in front of them and help them without a physical therapy training, but with a, a very solid education about the body. And so if you're looking at it from a strictly credential standpoint, I can't answer that. I don't know. What is ultimately going to make you successful is having people stick with you, them telling other people about you, building your business that way. People will stick with you if you're helping them feel better, if you're helping them move better, if you're educating them, if you're passing on that education. So for me, I think that what I've seen with people that have gone through my training is they and they've already been teachers before they become even more successful teachers because people start are being drawn to them because of their knowledge their confidence it's not just like an external confidence it's a real confidence because you have knowledge and knowledge is power you might get similar knowledge i can't speak to it because i don't know about it but i can speak to our program which is very comprehensive in understanding the body and how it works and then how you can address that in the setting of, you know, uh, privates. We have a lot of people who would not have had that confidence to go and do privates who now do. And working with people who have limitations, injuries, and all of that. So that's what I would say. Um, see what works best for your schedule. That's another thing for your own schedule. But in terms of being able to market yourself, uh, I don't I don't really know. I know that our our lit brand is is growing exponentially. And so I think it will become more and more recognized. Like, I don't know if that yoga, what is it called? Therapist. I don't know if that's a well-recognized brand either. So I think it comes down to less about the the credentials and more about what you think would be best for you and, and really looking into each of the programs, talking to people who've gone through both programs. Because the yoga therapy program might have something I'm sure it does. Other things that we don't even get into that you might be really interested in and you would you would miss out on. So I would just talk to people who've gone through both and see what that information tells you in terms of what you want to do and how you want to apply it. That's exactly what I told her. So perfect. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, I there you go. Take on that. So all right, I'm passing it back yeah. to you. The next question. All right. So this is there's a lot of backbend questions that I've I've gotten. And so this some of these I will all be under one umbrella. But Joe Music UK, why my back can twinge in some asanas, poses, particularly where my back bends to a side position? So that question is, why do I tweak that way? Yeah, why does it twinge? Yeah, you know, I, interesting with side bending, you know, years of looking at, and I used to work almost exclusively with spine back in Louisville, Kentucky. And so I've seen a lot of spines bend. And the most 
probably common thing I would see with lateral flexion or lateral side bending is people will laterally flex at only one segment. We lose this ability to move segmentally, you know? And so when you are constantly hinging at one joint, and a lot of times it was where it was at those transitional points where the lumbar spine, which is your low back, you know, meets the thoracic spine, which is connected to the ribs, they would be constantly hinging there or at the lumbosacral junction because there wasn't a fluidity to their side bending and having to restore that capability and retrain that ability to move segmentally um, really helped that. So I think that's a reason for a lot of tweakiness because we are just not moving well as a the spine as a unit, it tends to hinge at certain points. So I would look at that. Look at yourself. Set up your phone. Take off your shirt uh, or wear a sports bra if you're a lady and just side bend and look to see what does the spine look like. It will give you a lot of information. And then what can you do to facilitate better movement? You can use bolsters. You can use you can you can be surprised if you loosen up your hips. That might affect how you move it to your back. If you loosen up your shoulders or mobilize your upper back, it will affect how you move below. Because a lot of times we're just seeing faulty movement patterns that translate into areas of stress that are constantly being tweaked. And that I was just, just to your, you know, because you're speaking specifically to lateral flexion, that is what I see a lot in the clinic is that it looks like one point hinges, like a door hinge, as opposed to a curve, like an arch. Yes. And I would say, adding on to that, look, like Kristen was mentioning, look above and below. So say your posture, going back to posture, if, you're po- if you are living in with the tilted pelvis, that is going to impact the, the tissue that attaches from pelvis to rib cage. Then you move sideways in your ribs and you're going to be restricted. So one side, when you're side bending, say like to the right, but your left side is being pulled because the pelvis is tilted, it's not going to feel like great. So you want to, I always think you want to open up the space, imagine there's space between the vertebra, and then maybe make your side um, bending smaller. Do what KB said, like film yourself. Also do some things, because we're. I'm thinking like side bending, like a warrior variation, reverse warrior, something like that, where you're kind of taking a lo- the load off. So a lot of times we'll do uh, side lunges where your feet are wider than hip distance apart. You bend your knees and then you just lunge side to side. So your right knee bends, left knee, and then glide the hands along the floor and purposefully move your ribs. Move them as if you're trying to move them as a... And that frees up the tissues around the rib cage because those tissues probably have been restricted if you've especially been moving in that one segment. So you need to free them up and then start moving in smaller but more uniform waves, like going into more of the curve, like Kristen was talking about, instead of just a mere hinge. But you need to look at everything. So we always say, we can talk about a part where you're experiencing that twinge, but you have to look at the whole body and how it might be contributing to it because it will. It's not just one area. All right. Another question about back pain after core workout. Well, uh, there's like three questions about that. This is super common. People will 
you know, even when they're doing our lit classes, they might feel some, when they're lifting up and doing abdominal work, they might feel some pain in their back. And, you know, just like every answer we would give, there is no one answer, but we can speak to some probable causes. So one probable cause, if you're doing core workout, is you are not in the best, like your pelvis is not neutral. And when in, when it's not neutral, you might have more of an arch in your low back. So you come up and you're using most likely more superficial muscles in the front. You're not getting support in the back and that is actually getting pulled on. That would be one. And the, and the position of your legs is very important. So if you're having any core pain, get your feet on the floor. When your legs are off the floor, like a boat pose or something, boat pose is great. I rarely put it in there because... It requires very good alignment and it's hard if you do it right. You could do it, I don't want to say right, but if you do it well. If you do it kind of just doing it and holding it, you might be holding it from your back extensors. You know, you might be holding it just in the hip flexors. Hip flexors are going to be working. We want them to work. But again, it's a teamwork that's coming in and helping out. So one thing you can do immediately is bring your feet on the floor. So you just get some more base And then I always say when you're doing abdominals, think about pressing your sacrum down into the floor to help to stabilize. You don't want to press the low back down, but uh, you're maintaining a natural curve. It It will feel like it might be flattening a little bit as the front body's abdominals pull in toward the spine. But if you look at it, it isn't. What you want to focus on is pressing into the sacrum. The You want to speak a little bit about the psoas, how it might be some restrictions or pull in the psoas? Yeah, so our, our, we have a muscle deep in our belly called our psoas, which is actually the main stabilizer of the lumbar spine from the front. So it attaches to the lumbar spine, the transverse process in the, from the front side. If you imagine you took all your guts out, there it would be attaching to that front side and then it comes down to your femur. And so, you know, any type of restriction or overuse or dysfunction in that psoas, you know, might be pulling on your low back. Again, pain, look at, think of pain as a, your body's way of telling you something, that, that something isn't firing. And so to Laura's point of putting the feet on the ground, amazing. Using your hands, get your hands on your abdominals to, or to help facilitate that engagement of the core to really see if you can't minimize movement that might be occurring at the low back because we're wanting to stabilize for the most part when we're doing our abdominal sets. So modifying in that way by using your hands, leaving your head on the ground in the same way that you would leave your feet on the ground and just doing the lower extremity portion of it or minimizing the twist, but use your hands and then try to think, all right, what what is my body telling me? What isn't working or what is overworking which might be the psoas. The so, you know, you're using the hip flexor too much, so it's pulling on the low back. There are a lot of different ways. You can even bring your hands underneath your sit bones just a little bit to bias you out of an anterior tilt if you're falling into that because you just haven't quite tapped into those abdominals yet. And that takes time. Talking about in maybe just this last question or last call, my husband, you know, was using, had a really hard time tapping into his abdominals. Super strong guy. You get him in a side plank, he's shaking like a leaf. You know, he doesn't he doesn't use those coarse, the smaller muscles, those, those stabilizers at the shoulder girdle, at the hip, at the deep abdominals. So getting your hands on there to facilitate 
taking the lever arms off. And then also just listen to the pain and, and think, all right, if I hug in a little bit tighter here, does it go away? My guess would be yes. So modifications are not... We use those to work well. And then you can gradually build strength and change. Yeah. And I was just going to add on to that. Also redefine core workout. Like I'm sitting in a chair right now. I have my core engaged. Fortunately, I've done this for long enough. I don't actually have to think about it. But think of the core as... So you're not just done with a core workout and then you just go about your day. You want those core muscles. And like Kristen said, imagine taking away like everything, all the organs and stuff and going right by the spine. Everything on the front and side, on the back of it, side, holding that in position, holding the bowl of the pelvis neutral and maintaining that throughout the day. So a core workout, quote unquote, should really extend into your day. Yes, you can add demand on it where you're... So adding demand is like putting a, a lightning bolt and saying, turn on. But we want to not just turn it off. We want to hold that echo of that core work throughout the day. And I bet if you do more of that, you will also experience less strain and pain because you will it not you're not just taking the core workout and then being done with it. And think of a core workout more as how do I hold I always say how do I hold my shit together? How do I hold myself and and really create length and space in the spine um, and in the body? And that is a core workout. I love it. Okay. More core. You're wearing your shirt. So also get a more core shirt because that'll help. It'll remind you. Yes. <laughs> That's why we have it. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm kind of kidding, but not. You don't have to buy our shirt, but put up somewhere more core, like on the refrigerator, on your, you know, as you're sitting at the at a desk and like really, really look at, at the ways that you can remind yourself that you need more core in your daily life which is giving you the very deep support that'll, that just puts the burden off of muscles and tissues and joints. So without that, more core always. Thank you, my friend, my darling. As always, thank you guys for joining us. We are pulling for you. <laughs>